Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas again to you all. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. I hope you have opened some nice gifts, yet we know that in Jesus we have the most wonderful gifts of all. Those gifts that we hear about in our gospel lesson are found in verse 14 is what I want to really dwell on today. The gifts of grace and truth. Yet as I looked at John's gospel, one other word popped out. And so we know of God's grace is God's loving attitude for us or to us. God's riches at Christ's expense. We know that we are saved by grace, his loving attitude towards us through faith as we trust in him. And truth, remember when Pilate asked Jesus and and he said, what is truth? And we know that the word of God says that Jesus is the truth. So Jesus comes full of grace and truth. But the other word that's found there in verse 14 is the word glory. And as we hear the word glory, I think of kavod in the Old Testament. That's the word for glory. Or doxa in the New Testament, the word for glory. And yet the semantic range is very big. Okay? So how we use that word is really big and it's dependent on the context. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. Because when I think of glory in the Old Testament, I can't help but think of weightiness, importance, God's glory. He's weighty. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But here's some examples. Splendor, brightness, honor, all of those things are what glory can mean. And so if we look in Romans 8, 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, what we're going through now, are not worth comparing with the glory that is good to be revealed to us. Well, the glory to be revealed is going to be that heavenly glory, right? We'll be with God forever. Well, is that what it's talking about here in John 1? It doesn't really seem like it. So then we move on. Well, how about from what we see in Paul's writing to the Thessalonians? Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. Again, that same word, glory, but there it's used more like praise or honor. We're seeking praise or honor from other people. Well, that's certainly not what's happening here in John 1. Or Paul's writing to the Romans. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Raised by the glory of the Father. Again, that almighty strength and might might not be what we're talking about here in John 1. Or in Luke. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Again, heaven. Or John 2. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Again, probably not the same way this is being used today. And this one from the Old Testament I like. These are words after the giving of the Ten Commandments. These words the Lord spoke to you, to all your assembly at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness, with a loud voice. And he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. And as soon as you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And you said, Behold, the Lord God has shown us his glory and greatness. And we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with man, and man still is alive. And yet, none of these messages seem to fit with Jesus, a newborn baby. 
God in the flesh, yet completely dependent on his mother. We need to be, let context be king and keep searching and keep thinking. And as we do that, we might come to Exodus 33 and 34. What about Moses' inter- interaction with God? There Moses begs God and he says this, Now show me your glory. And the Lord replies, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now I have to admit, when I think of God's glory, I think of his importance, his weightiness, his being on that mountain that's just The mountain is shaking. It's burning. There's this huge theophany, this picture of God. That's what I think of when I think of glory. And yet for today, we have seen his glory, that glory even as that little baby. Because God's glory is supremely his goodness. So Moses stands on Mount Sinai, and we are told, The Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, The Lord. And he passed in front of him, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. We got some nice gifts today, right? Hopefully you did. Okay? And yet, don't you get an awesome gift every Sunday when you come? God's goodness comes to you every Sunday. It will come again this Friday in the sacrament where Jesus meets you with his body and blood. You receive it every Sunday when you confess your sins and you hear God's word through me, God's word of forgiveness. There is not a greater gift that we get than forgiveness. To appropriate what he's done for us on the cross to our lives every day should fill us with joy. That's what we're doing today. Joy to the world. We'll sing that as our closing song today. Because we are his forgiven children. His glory is shown through his goodness to you and to me. Timothy Keller writes in an old message. The whole point of Christmas is he's the word of God made flesh. What does that mean? Well, the word made soft. The divine made human. And if this blows your mind, that's okay, it's supposed to. More than that, the word made vulnerable. The word made killable. When it says the word became flesh, it means a couple of things. One of them means God has become vulnerable. Christmas is so radical because it highlights the fact that only Christianity, of all the religions of the world, says the divine creator of the world has become human and therefore is vulnerable. He has come down. He shows his glory not by exercising his power from afar, but by bringing his goodness to us. And then he tells this story, and this story many of you already know. In 1964, in Kew Gardens, a 28-year-old woman named Kitty Genovese was going home to her apartment, and she was assaulted on the street by an assailant. She cried out, he's stabbing me, help me. There's still a lot of debate about what happened, but the one thing I can tell from reading everything is up in the apartments, lights came on and people looked out. She was screaming. She was saying, help me, I'm being stabbed. And what we know is this. Nobody came down to see, to help. Do you know why? Because you risk your life. You're vulnerable if you come down. Nobody came down. When the lights first came on, the assailant ran, 
thinking somebody was going to come down. When nobody came down, he came back in about five minutes and he killed her. It's a pretty famous incident. Do you know what Christmas is telling us? Christmas is telling us that when Jesus, the Lord of heaven, heard our cries, he came down. He made himself vulnerable. He didn't just come down the way those people would have come down at the risk of their lives. He didn't come down at the risk of his life. When the Lord of the universe came down, he came down knowing it would cost him his life. But he came because the word became fleshly. The word became vulnerable. The word became killable. This is his goodness, his compassion, mercy, and grace. That is his glory that we get a chance to see here today. Jesus came down to defeat the devil who was assailing us. He shows his glory by giving us grace and truth. Grace and truth that, truth that transforms our lives and that we have the opportunity to share with others. To the end, ultimately, that Jesus will be glorified, honored, as is only appropriate. Amen?